0: We approached a couple of agents uh, to potentially sell the property and there were buyers waiting to pay $850,000 for it. Okay, So we paid low fives for this house and there were buyers waiting to pay $850,000 for this newly renovated property. And the lesson there I think is a couple of things.
1: This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Toran Shum and in this episode of Invest Like a Pro, we're chatting with founder and director of Housefinder, Simon Liu. In sharing this Brisbane-based case study, he reveals how he took this unusual client's precise wish list, found the perfect property to match and went above and beyond to help them generate $300,000 in equity in just one quick flip. (music) Lou's case studies continue to inspire and amaze with their minuscule purchase prices and jaw-dropping equity uplifts. He begins by sharing this particular client's background, painting a picture of how he came across Housefinder his history and explains what makes him stand out among his peers in Lou's impressive case study portfolio.
0: A particular client came uh, came to me, uh, it was a, an older gentleman, uh, you know, close to retirement age. So, you know, he had no intention of buying a house uh, to buy and hold and build a portfolio and even leverage, you know, so he, he, he wanted something pretty specific. Uh, it was a a bit of an anomaly buyer in the sense that he was only going to be buying with cash. So he had a lot of cash sitting in his bank, uh, just doing nothing. Um, he's got a few assets and shares and things like that. that has accumulated over the, over the years, but, um, his goal was purely to buy a house to take advantage of a booming market and to flip it and to make a profit. So, uh, yeah, that's that, that. That's basically the background of this uh, of this particular buyer.
1: It sounds like a, a retiree who just perhaps maybe had a lot of time on his hands.
0: I think so, and an opportunist an opportunist as well. I think at the end of the day, you know, um, he said to me that you know when you're reaching that kind of age, you you, you uh, just want to make the most of your uh, of of the days when you actually do retire. You know, obviously you need you need money to do that. So I think he was just trying to find ways with what he had to 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 maximize that uh, that ability, and uh, and as a result, we 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 picked up a, a deal which I which I'll get into.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. So th- this semi-retired person, um, as you said, was a little bit older, had a bit of cash available, and he wanted to purchase something of pot- potentially a flip or Reno. So th- maybe the question is then is why or which. Was there a particular area that he specified in his requirements or did you recommend something to him?
0: It was definitely mostly our recommendation. You know, so as part of what we do when we introduce a a property to a client, we don't just send like a link, you know, to domain or realestate.com.au. We include quite a lot of research and information about the the house itself, the suburb profile, you know, the demographics, the vacancy rates, uh, very important comparable sales. So we research a lot of comparable sales, what's what's selling at the moment, that's as identical to the house that we're looking at as possible. Okay. We run <coughs> we run cash flow analysis, we do a lot of due diligence with the inspections and you know ensuring we know the condition of the house inside out. So when when he realized that, I think he kind of entrusted us to help him find a property that he could flip. And, uh, uh, you know, notwithstanding any growth that could happen, but at the very least, when we bought it, we could have flipped it for a good profit, even if there was no growth, assuming zero growth at the time. So, uh, you know, yeah, off we went. Uh, You know, he had obviously a budget in mind. Uh, He didn't want to exceed um, and we could work within that. And we looked at options in Brisbane you know, across several uh, uh, council areas, you know, from Logan to Redland Bay, um, even even in the sort of inner parts of Ipswich, uh, uh, in, in Moreton Bay as well, obviously. And the property we uh, we ended up going for um, was a house uh, in Moreton Bay. It was in a suburb called Griffin. Uh, uh, Griffin's about uh, 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 35 odd kilometres north of Brisbane. By the water, very nice uh, sort of feel to it, owner-occupier, all that kind of stuff. Um, Now, this particular property, and I emphasize this because he was a cash buyer. And, uh, you know, for maybe some of the new listeners out there, uh, my focus has always been on distressed sellers and off-market sellers. And when you have a cash buyer that's ready to do a deal with no finance condition, you know, maybe a very, very short settlement. The settlement for this, in this particular case was only 20 days. Um, It opens you up to a lot more opportunities in terms of securing extraordinary deals. Okay. So I was introduced to this house immediately. The agent, when he spoke to me about this particular property was warning, negative stuff. Okay. And the negative stuff was the house was, uh, was, was run down. The person living in it, um, uh, uh had, uh, mental health issues and also evidence would suggest that drug related issues as well. <laughs> so, so he was, um, yeah, anyway, yeah, there was evidence in the house that he was either using drugs or even making drugs, but anyway irrespective of that. Um, it was a, it was a situation where, uh, this particular seller, uh, just didn't care really about, um, very much, you know, as evidence when you went through the house, you know, the carpets were ripped up. There's all these weird paintings on the walls, not paintings as in like framed paintings, but actual paint that he painted himself. Um, you know the bath. One of the bathroom toilets was uh, was entirely covered up uh, with uh, with like a, a foam. You know, like um, uh, the toilet, the actual toilet bowl, so you couldn't use it.
1: So you actually went to see that property yourself.
0: Sometimes I go see properties, but I've got I've got a team on the ground.
1: Sounds like you're there. That's why I was like, wow, you must have seen quite a <laughs> would have been eye opener.
0: <laughs> when we do these inspections, it's it's usually about a hundred pictures of everything like this. And video walkthroughs and things like that so it's quite thorough but we looked at um it was it was there was a million things like that about this house that just screamed you needed a lot of work so obviously my buyer being a flipper we didn't care about any of this you know all this stuff was coming out anyway the, the walls you know were going to be repainted a toilet bowl you know a couple of hundred bucks from Bunnings, um if, if we had to replace it so this particular seller just wanted cash. You know, he was obviously, I don't know, we can make assumptions all day long, but given his particular situation, he needed to, he needed cash quick. And he was clear that he was a drug user. I'll let you guys, <laughs> you know, put the two together. <laughs> yeah, correct. Correct. His but anyway, um, you know, we're at the right place at the right time. And we managed to pick this particular property up uh, for the low 500s. Okay, At the top, this was only in uh, 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 late last year. I don't want to use specifics because I don't want to reveal too much about this particular house for, for my client's privacy. But late last year, we picked up this house uh, for, for the low 500s in a suburb called Griffin. It was a cash purchase um, and we could settle in 20 days. And we could only buy this house with cash. He wasn't interested in a finance condition. The seller wasn't interested with us doing a building in Pest. He obviously knew that the house was a bit weird, a bit wrecked. Um, so anyway, we came along and, and bought it. Now, immediately, actually during the time that it was settling, that 20 days, you know, we organized our trades. Uh, we, we work with a team of trades as well that uh, that we trust to go in and to do a, do a quote. Um, you know, once we got the quote sorted, uh, it, it came to around about the $30,000 mark you know, for the reno and it was a quite substantial, you know, there was new floors, new carpets, the entire house to be, to be repainted. And it wasn't just a paint. It needed a lot of patchwork, a lot of scraping and all this kind of stuff because there was holes and stuff all over the walls. Um, it wasn't a kitchen reno, but we had to, uh, sand down the kitchen. Um, a, a tip for you guys, uh, you know, instead of replacing kitchen bench tops and cabinets, what you can do is you just sand them down and repaint them and they come up literally as good as new. Um, uh, a lot of tiny little things that need fixing in the bathroom and and the outside of the houses and things like that as well.
1: So it looked like a, a full cosmetic renovation. You, you, you wouldn't, yeah, you wouldn't say it's a structural renovation because you know you didn't have to strip out any walls or anything like that, but cosmetically it just wasn't livable. Let's say,
0: correct, one hundred percent. And um, you know, we we did the Reno. The Reno did, bearing in mind that it was kind of at that point where we're getting into the december period slash january period so there was a bit of a month and a half of time where trades couldn't get in you know (coughs) we couldn't get it started so unfortunately yeah it just had to go through that time
1: that's typical of any any even in developments most traders knock off around about sort of mid-december and don't get back to the end of january so you kind of factor in at least january is a write-off and most people don't get back until february to really do any work so understand um yeah that would have happened unfortunately
0: We got started the works in early Jan, and it only took the trades two weeks because they had a team of like um, a team of uh, you know many many people that just come in and does everything you know at once.
1: So you managed, you helped manage this whole process. You you purchased the property for the the buyer, and also you came in and helped them with organising the trades. Or you didn't have to necessarily be there, but you just helped.
0: Look, we definitely help where we can. We don't we don't manage the project per se in this particular case as well Uh, but we introduce the tradies we get the quotes and we kind of put the two parties together and at one point at some point it's beneficial for the buyer to be in direct contact with the trades anyway because it just it's just coming through me you know the communication is just going to come through me and I communicate to the buyer and the buyer communicates through me it's just unnecessary So once the quote's approved, then we kind of just give it through, uh, you know, leave them to, we obviously, you know, if there's any questions or anything that you need help with, you know, hit hit us up anytime. We wouldn't have to give you advice, but typically at that point it's, um, uh, we, we trust our trades enough to, 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 to complete the reno efficiently and effectively. So anyway, reno's done. Um, and, uh, you know, we, Uh, The buyer, uh, you know, we approached a couple of agents uh, to potentially sell the property, and there were buyers waiting to pay eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars for it. Okay, so we paid low fives for this house, and there were buyers waiting to pay eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars for this newly renovated property. And the lesson there, I think, is a couple of things. Number one. Stick to buying good deals, always stick to buying good deals. Um, buy in areas that, that has that pent-up owner-occupied demand because these are the kinds of people that will pay $850,000 for, for a comfortable family home. So when we did the reno, we had that in mind. We renoed it to the point where it felt comfortable, clean, uh, almost like a blank canvas for whoever bought a, who wanted to buy it and, and, and live in it to maybe add their own touches. Uh, and yeah, you know, there was definitely money to be made. Now, one of the most important points, I think, and this goes with a lot of properties that I, uh, with my own properties that I, even I reno, is don't sweat the small stuff. You know, don't, don't overwhelm yourself with This quote might be too expensive. That's it. I can get that for a hundred dollars cheaper if I did that myself, or if I got a quote elsewhere, or if I coordinated everything, I'm not saying this to champion, uh, trades that are trying to rip you off. But for me and for this particular buyer, what was way, way more important is trust you know, our ability to trust a particular tradesperson to do the right thing and to do it effectively and to do everything holistically, you know, not necessarily just every little itemized thing that was on the quote to do the renovation, because anyone who's ever done a renovation, even a small one will know that you can quote forever. But once you get into it, you uncover little things here and there that needs a little touch up, that might need fixing, that might need screwing back in, and these are little things that make a big difference when you sell a house or when you rent a house, appeal of it. You know, people pick this stuff up. So you want some, you want to have a, a person on the ground or a, or a bunch of trades on the ground that you can trust that will complete that for you from start to finish.
1: Coming up after the break, Lou crunches the numbers to determine what's worth investing in at the end of the day.
0: And because there was about $300,000 profit to be made, who really cares about 5 or 10 grand difference if it means peace of mind.
1: The circumstances where you're better off cutting your financial losses for the greater good.
0: Sometimes it's that relationship, that mutual respect that yes, you know, I'm trying to make a dollar but at the same time, I understand that you're trying to make a dollar as well.
1: He reveals the frequent call he would receive and used to dread most.
0: There was a time in my investment career where I would get strung up every time I'd get the call.
1: And that's next. I'm Taran Sham and you're listening to Property Investory. Have you been looking for months and getting frustrated that each property you've seen since be a lemon? Or are you after distress, off-market, high cash flow properties in high growth areas, capital city locations? If you answered yes to either of these questions, you are not alone. For being a loyal listener of the podcast, Simon Liu is offering a free one-hour strategy session normally valued at $500 to help put together an actionable property plan. To get your free strategy session, simply visit housefinder.com.au and fill out the contact form or call Simon directly on 0415 626 342 and quote property invest story. When it comes to flipping a property, in order to make as much profit as you can in as shortest time possible, Lou has the advice that will help you do just that. All while not cutting any corners.
0: By all means, like this guy was not the cheapest. You know, we could have shopped around and found people that were cheaper, but the value wasn't about saving $5,000 off $30,000. It was about get in, do the job, get out, no headaches, you know, almost no need for our input on anything. And because there was about $300,000 profit to be made, who really Mm -hmm. cares about five or 10 grand difference if it means peace of mind, if it means, you know, uh, just mental ease of uh, of dealing with the whole project. And we talked about this in the past episodes, that that kind of, you know, uh, mental ability will help you tackle the next project and tackle the one after that. And your ability to rather just factor in the cost, it, 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 it kind of works out the same, you know, at the end of the day. So <laughs> so I guess that's, um, you know, again, just being maybe taking a step back and realizing, yes, if you were there physically, maybe you don't have to pay $100 to fix a GPO PowerPoint. <laughs> you know, maybe you can buy $5 one from Bunnings and pop it in yourself. But sometimes it's not about that. Like, you know, it's about just looking past that and accepting, yes, this is the cost of it. But because I'm making so much money on the deal anyway, it doesn't even matter. So that, that was that's a very important lesson to be learned.
1: I totally agree and and I think this is very, very, it resonates with me because I'll, I can share with everyone my story in a moment about something similar to that was because also too, it's time because if you find and nitpick at everything with a tradesperson and you start, you know, haggling over a certain thing, it will take a lot longer, you know, and ultimately when it takes that much longer, you'll probably end up costing you more in the long run than you know moving through a project that should have been only taking maybe two weeks but it might take you six months which I've heard plenty of stories like that too you know sometimes you look back and you go man I should have not done it myself it's like <laughs> I can I can tell you a story from a rich dad poor dad one where he said look I, I, I thought yeah I could go to down to the hardware store and fix up a broken tap that I had at home and I've seen them do it you know in the hardware store I'm seeing people doing videos it shouldn't be that hard you know He tried that after about two days or actually two weeks or something like that, he said. He just gave up. He said, I called up in the end, paid a tradesperson even though I paid $50 extra, he got it done within an hour and my headache was solved. It's exactly that same thing and once you find that great tradesperson, then stick to them, pay them on time, or if you can pay them early, so just to ensure that the work gets um, done very, very quickly, and they'll look after you. And and I experienced this when I had my renovation that I was doing down in Portland, which is a, a commercial property that I had. And I looked to look. It took me literally six months to find the right tradesperson because there was hardly any supply down there, any tradespeople, and I just couldn't find it. But when I did find that guy who did it. He literally said to me, this is how I think you should do it, you know, I'd recommend doing this way and I said, look, I trust your your opinion on this because you've been doing this yourself many, many years. Just go ahead and do it. Quote me how much it is and I'll just pay you and he did and when he did, <laughs> the property manager when they rented out, they said that he does such a great workmanship on it that I'm going to get him to do all my future properties as well too because it just looks so good because it was instantly at the week after I got um, finished, it just rented out straight away. And that makes a huge difference because it saved me the headache of having to worry for another two or three months to keep, try and find someone else to do it and even potentially me flying down to do it and I just let someone handle that. So, I can totally understand and say, look, it's worthwhile to pay a little bit extra than to, you know, haggle over a few thousand dollars.
0: 100%. And uh, I think coming to that point as well, it's not even for your mental ability. It's actually for the tradesperson's mental ability as well because... Negotiating with a tradesperson is like negotiating with a dentist. You are gonna, you're, you, might get a lower price, but it's going to be painful, right? <laughs> because when, you know, you might be able to drill the, the, the tradesperson down to, a, a, you know, to, at a massive discount on a job that he quoted. But when he's there sanding away and painting away or doing this and that, he's going to know that he gave you a massive discount. And he might cut a corner, you know, you know, if anything, even just out of pure anger or, 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 you know, remorse that he get he's doing this, this job for, for so cheap, maybe. So sometimes it's that relationship, that mutual respect that, yes, you know, I'm trying to make a dollar, but at the same time, I understand that you're trying to make a dollar as well. Um, you know, let's try not, let's not rip each other off, but, if you look after me in the sense that I don't have to have even think about this reno, you just do it uh, and you do it to your, your abilities that we we, we we know that you can do. Everyone wins, you know, at the end of the day. So, so that's a I think it's a very, very important lesson because even in the world of property management, um, you know, when you own properties, your, your, your standard rental properties and maintenance items come up, it sucks. Nobody likes the money out of their pocket to pay for leaking tabs or electricians or plumbers or this and that little things that go wrong in the house, big things that go wrong in the house. But And there was a point, there was a time in my investment career where I would get strung up every time I'd get the call. And by the way, the more properties you own, the more you're going to get this call. You know, you're going to get a call. You're going to get a call every week, almost, you know, about one thing or another. Um, and over the years, you especially once you've done a couple of tax returns and realize if you bought the right properties, your cash flow is actually quite healthy. And it just absorbs a lot of these costs to the point where it's just a drop in the ocean. Just realize it's not worth it. Yeah. You know, $99 call out fee sucks. Emergencies sucks. You know, Sunday burst water pipes, you know, just do it, pay it, move on, mentally move on. And then at the end of it all, once you've made your money on the property, whether it's capital growth or through passive income, you're going to realise if you did worry, none of it was worth it at the time. Uh, in fact, you you frust- getting frustrated and calling around different quotes and trying to organise access with this person to get into the house at that particular point in time, and maybe they didn't do a good job, so you had to get another guy to go out. You try to do a warranty claim on the first job. It's just too much. It's too, it's not it's yeah what's the point to save 50 100 bucks you know maybe even a couple of hundred bucks So i understand a lot of people are on budgets very strict budgets but i'm talking from a point of if you bought the property right in the first place as in you got the right deal the right numbers the right cash flow it just absorbs a lot of these costs anyway so so yeah just just bear that in mind
1: totally so let, let's just go back to the, the buy i'm curious what has he done with the property since that valuation
0: well, interestingly, he's getting a little bit greedy, and he he wants to sit on it <laughs> for for a couple of months. You know, as we all know, Brisbane's booming, and there's no real sign of slowing down. Um, in fact, our research suggests that it's going to be going for the next five to ten years, uh, in line with what Sydney and Melbourne has done. Uh, if you look at the uh, the last major boom cycle in Brisbane, which was many many years ago. Uh, Brisbane actually increased as interest rates were going up as well. So that, as you as you know, Tyrone, there's a lot of talk at the moment about interest rates going up in 2022, and that's how that's going to affect property prices and things like that. There's a lot of predictions that uh, you know property prices are going to go crashing down and all this kind of stuff.
1: That's what they said about COVID. Guess what happened?
0: Was so that That's what they said about Sydney back in 2011. Uh, you know, all these amazing economists came out to predict a, the the bubble in Sydney. Um, but, uh, you know, my personal belief, and we're kind of straying from the topic a bit, but my personal belief is that Brisbane is is going to be even more popular when, interest, when high interest rates affect the Sydney and Melbourne markets even more from an affordability standpoint, which will push population demand into Brisbane even further.
1: Yeah, I think that would be the case
0: even at three, four, 5% interest rates, uh, you know, the the prospects to buy a house in Brisbane currently is still, still affordable. You know, so I think a lot of people are gonna use that as a uh, draw card or an excuse to move up there but and hence creating more demand for properties.
1: I totally agree with you on that side of things because yeah, it's already happening anyway. I've seen a lot of people who I've spoken to have just moved out of Sydney because one, due to COVID, they're working from home. There's no need to really be so close to the city and two, they're, they're having a better lifestyle because they can sell down the high mortgage that they used to have and, and basically use those extra funds to be able to live and enjoy their life in, with whatever they want to choose to do. So, it's definitely happening but yeah, coming back to the buyer.
0: Yeah, the buyer in this particular case, he's just going to hold on to the property. I'm unsure if he wants to rent it out. I think he's, from my last conversation with him, he's a little bit reluctant to rent it out because he doesn't want, uh, you know, excessive wear and tear on his fancy new Renault. Uh, so he might even just just leave it uh, empty for a couple of months, see where the market goes, and you know, and, and sell it whenever he feels the time is right. So. He's a buyer, he's a client that doesn't necessarily need the cash immediately. Uh, you know, he's, as I mentioned, he's in his sort of, uh, 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 close to to his retirement age, so he's got a bit of cash lying around. Uh, so yeah, it's just, uh, uh, a good opportunity so far.
1: It's interesting because you think about it, and you know, I, I would like to know your opinion on this. Is that, say, for example, you've got it, say, a, a property value at eight fifty. You could potentially walk to a bank and get a residential loan, say, up to eighty percent, even sometimes ninety. He could literally draw out, say, six eighty, six ninety, even close to seven hundred thousand, which will cover the cost of all his investment that he put in of like you know low five hundreds, and potentially use that to roll over into another flip that he wants to do concurrently.
0: We've had this conversation. Look, I can't, I can't relate, I, I can't empathize because I'm not at that age yet. But perhaps when you're at that age and you've got, you know, you're very established, maybe you've got a few properties or assets or share portfolio that it's doing its own thing for you already. You know, maybe there's no need to get in debt. Maybe there's no need to absolutely max your position uh, in terms of how much you can borrow. Uh, maybe it's 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 just about. Uh, uh, you know, being it could be just a case of him being bored. Maybe he wants to do something with his money and just you know have a project so that he can mentally
1: yeah get his brain ticking over.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like you know, at that point, I think uh, it, you know we did, we obviously you know this client and I we discuss his goals and the reasons as to why he, he wants to get it, but I don't think he had has any intention to to load up on debt uh, at this point in time anyway.
1: And also, I can understand, yeah, the the headaches that you have to go through to go through and get the paper done, paperwork done anyway for getting a loan. It's always a headache. To
0: be completely honest with you, as well, I don't think he'll qualify for a loan because I don't think he he has like a proper full time job. <laughs> so I think he's kind of semi retired already. So it's a bit of a it's a bit of an anomaly.
1: Property Invest